Happy Mother's Day, beautiful ladies, all of you. I've already been told a couple of times today, well, I'm, I've never had children. That's okay. You've been a mom to somebody. You have loved somebody. Somebody's life is different because of you. And we celebrate that today. And we thank you for that. And, and this is a special day. And I have to tell you, it is bittersweet for me. I miss my mom a lot. This is my third Mother's Day without her, and it's not any easier than it was the first one. But at the same time, I love being a mom. I love being a mom. And I'm thankful for that. And so I'm thankful for this day because it reminds me of just the precious things. It reminds me of what that means for my life. And we're in the middle of this series called Unnamed. And we're telling stories that have impacted our lives even to this day, but we don't know the names. But their stories keep telling. And I thought I would share a little story about my mom. Part of why I stand here today is because my whole life I traveled watching my mom sing a song. My mom had been in music since she was 10 years old. She started on radio and, and traveled up until she was 80 years old. So by the time she retired, she had been in music for 70 years. 70 years. And I ran across some transcripts not long ago of songs that are in the hymn book that my mom introduced by Albert E. Brumley. And, and I love just sitting there looking at these songs. But I didn't know as a kid. I just knew that my mom could stand and open up her mouth. And I mean, it was this giant alto voice. And we traveled a lot. We traveled a lot. But there was this particular Methodist church in Arkansas that we sang at called Ebenezer United Methodist Church. Now, Ebenezer wasn't like Lover's Lane. Ebenezer, they opened the windows and they opened the doors. And you went behind a curtain out back under a tree to go to the bathroom. And I'm not kidding. I didn't know what that was. But what I knew is hundreds of people would come into this church out in the middle of nowhere. And I'll never forget that I literally remember our bus pulling in and you'd have to drive on grass just to get to where you could park by the church. And then you would sing for a while and all of a sudden women from everywhere brought the most amazing food you had ever eaten in your life. It wasn't store-bought, it was homemade and it was enough to feed everyone with bunches of leftovers. But what I remember particularly, I was about five years old and I was sitting there. And, you know, like most kids, when you're in a service like that, you're drawing. We didn't have cell phones. So you had a paper and a pen. And I'm sitting there drawing and, and you know, you can hear across the road... There were all of these cows. That's how far we were in the country. My mom got up to sing this song, and it's called, Surely I Will, Lord. Surely I will. 
If anyone makes it precious, Lord, then surely I will. And she gets to this part in this song that it says, I'm bound for Mount Zion, except she hit the third above the tonic cord. And I mean, she went for it and she held it for a good solid, felt like 15 minutes. I'm just like this, bound for Mount Zion. And then when she hit it, there was this noise. There was this noise, I'm serious. And I'm even a kid that the noise is so loud that I quit drawing and I'm like, what is that? And all of a sudden I look up and everybody, all 400 people in that little church, turn around and look and because all the windows are open, and I mean, no window panes, the windows are open. Every one of that herd of cows had come to the fence and they're all back there going, moo. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you hit a high G and you keep it there for about five or ten minutes, the cows will come mooing. <laughs> and it's a story that I love to tell because those are the things that I remember growing up that I hope that I carry as a mom that my mom passed to me, the legacy that my mom left to me. Ladies, not just moms, what legacy are you leaving those around you? Today we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about that from 1 King. If you want to get ready, it's 1 King chapter 17. And we're going to start at verse 7. Amen, Corner, are you ready? Are you ready out there? Amen. I want to know you're out there today. I know that some of you are with your moms, and so thank you for letting me know that. I'm glad that you're with your mom. You love on your mom today from all of us in this room. Um, and thank you for sharing today with your mom. So we're going to start at verse 7. After a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. There's a drought. The Lord's word came to Elijah, get up and go to Zarephath near Sidon and stay there. I have ordered a widow there to take care of you. Elijah left and went to Zarephath. As he came to the town gate, he saw a widow collecting sticks. He called out to her, please get a little water for me in this cup so I can drink. She went to get him some water. He then said to her, please get me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any food. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in a bottle. Look at me. I'm collecting two sticks so that I can make some food for myself and my son. We'll eat the last of the food and then we'll die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do what you said. Only make a little loaf of bread for me first. Then bring it to me. You can make something for yourself and your son after that. This is what Israel's God, the Lord, says. The jar of flour won't decrease and the bottle of oil won't run out until the day the Lord sends the rain on the earth. The widow went and did what Elijah said. So the widow Elijah and the widow's household ate for many days. The jar of flour didn't decrease. 
nor did the bottle of oil run out. Just as the Lord spoke through Elijah, there is a drought in the land. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now I'm sorry. I'm not sure some guy walks up and says, hey, go get me some water. And I don't say anything, but then he says, go get me some food. And I'm like, I got nothing. What do I do? And what did she do? She did what he asked. When she did what he asked, what happened? God made sure that there was plenty. And not just for her, but the Bible says for her household. This woman was unnamed. But we know her as the widow of Zarephath. She has lost her husband and now they're in a drought. So everything's just gone from bad to worse to it's not getting any better and it just keeps climbing down that slope. But what this story teaches us, when you are hanging by a thread, trust. When you are hanging by a thread, trust Basically, this woman begins to labor under a death sentence. She has one meal left, and she gives what she has. I mean, one meal. Can you imagine? When I think about what it took for this woman to literally give her last bit of groceries to Elijah, there's this tears that comes. When I think about my cupboards, And there's leftovers in the fridge. And there's food I don't even know what to do with in the cupboards. And I sit back and I stand sometimes and go, I don't even know what to fix because I've got choices. She didn't even have a choice. What she had were two items to make something. And then she was going to die. But she takes all that she has. It was literally all she had all she had it's easy for me to read this and go wow that's beautiful and think about how nice that was but I've not been in a place where I have had to give and this is all I've had y'all can amen that I cannot imagine the faith that it took for this woman to take her last bit knowing that the time would come and this would be the last morsel she would eat. She had been thinking about this. This didn't just happen. She was prepared for this. She had waited and waited and waited and she knew. And can you imagine? Things may look bleak and like there is no hope, but when the Holy Spirit speaks, because here's what she didn't know, is that the Holy Spirit had already been speaking on her behalf. The Holy Spirit had already been moving on her behalf and she didn't even know it. What did she do? She did it anyway. When God speaks and the Holy Spirit speaks, what do we do? We do it anyway. We don't ask. We don't question. Even though I really want to, my five comes out. 
I want to understand, Lord, are you sure? I'm not sure about this. I want to ask a million people to make sure I get their advice on that. I want to go research it. Are you sure? You do it anyway. You get up and you move. You cook that last meal like you know God is going to move, not like you were going to die. You stop surviving and you live. That's what you do. You stop surviving and you live. Many of us, have we've, we've lived in fear so long that we have forgotten what it means to make decisions that choose to live and not just get by. But to truly live, we have forgotten what that means. And this woman had forgotten. Because she knew from the drought that was in the city, she knew what was inevitable. But she was now making decisions based on what it meant to die, not what it meant to live. Now tell me this past year has not taught us how to do that a little bit. But with God, that changes everything because every day you're given the right, you're given the permission to live in a way that says, I'm not just a survivor, I'm going to live. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Now, don't get me wrong. God gave us a brain and some common sense. And he gave it to us on purpose. He gave it to us on purpose. If you see a fire, don't walk into it. Now, can God deliver you from it? Absolutely. But I don't recommend you try it. But what I'm telling you is when you are hanging on by that thread, you move anyway. You keep going anyway. But there comes a point when there is nothing left. And you have to walk by faith. This woman, this mom, this unnamed woman chose to live by faith even though everything around her said this will not work. She did it anyway, and she made that meal for Elijah. Then guess what? Because she was obedient, she got to see the miracle of God. She got to see the miracle of God. Have you ever experienced or seen a miracle? There's nothing like it. It is something you never forget, and it is something that is forever embedded in your brain. There's no way of explaining it. Pastor Stan, you know, had leukemia when he was a kid, and look at him. My lung condition, I know we can look in this room and you each could tell me a story of your own miracle. You're a miracle. Moms, when you had that baby and you got over the initial, ooh, that baby was a miracle. That nephew, that niece, that granddaughter, that grandson was a miracle. Some of the greatest miracles are when we get up every day and we choose to trust God and we put one foot in front of the other. 
When we choose to walk by faith, knowing that we have no idea of the outcome, but we do know that the outcome is in God's hands. And there is something that is so special that begins to happen when we realize we don't have control of that anyway. Because God has it. And guess what? He knows better than I knew and you know anyway. That doesn't mean we don't do our part. And that doesn't mean that we don't do what he has called us to do. But that does mean that sometimes it's taking that step knowing I don't know what this step is going to entail. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But what I do know is that God said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. And I've made it this far. And I've got a good history record of making it this far. As we close today, can you imagine this mom when she had to tell her son, listen, we're getting really close to one meal left. One meal left. This is our last meal and then we will starve and we will die, but we will do it together. But then can you imagine when she comes back and says, wait, the jar is not empty. There's more flour. There's more oil. Can you imagine the joy of this mom when she can look at her son and say, I get to fix you another meal. And then tomorrow, guess what? I get to fix you another meal. And guess what? I get to fix you another meal. And I get to fix you another and another and never runs out. Now, she could give him good news. There are moments and there are times that all we have to hold on to is God. And we hold on to him for dear life. And we move anyway and we believe anyway. And even when we don't understand, we hold on tight. Because what we know is this. We know that he will never leave. He will hold on. And that every time we go back to that jar, it will be full. Will it be always what we want? No, and I imagine they got tired of cornbread. But they ate. They didn't starve. When God moves, when God moves and we are obedient to when God moves, there's a story that is told. And did you know that just like this widow, you have a story to tell? Just like the woman that we talked about last week that poured all that she had over Jesus, you have a story to tell. And the best part, there are people on the sidelines that are watching you and they don't even know your name. But they're watching your story. They're praying and they're begging that you make it because if you make it, then they know they can make it. 
If you're holding on to your faith enough to keep baking that bread, they're going to hold on to their faith long enough to keep baking that bread. They're watching you and they don't even know your name. They just know your story. That unnamed widow story, Dawn, is still being told. That story still gives me life that when I feel like giving up and I don't understand, it reminds me, don't. Your story will still be told, don't give up. Your story will be told. Who you are, they may not know your name. But because of Jesus, because of what he does in your life, they will know your story. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you never let go. And I thank you that we all have a story to tell, God. And in your faithfulness, you never let go of us. God, you will always supply, and it may not look like or be what or think what we want it to be, what we think it should be, but we walk by faith knowing it's what it's supposed to be because you are supporting. For this, God, we give you glory and we give you honor and we thank you. In your precious and your holy name.